If your business is tired of paying unpredictable and high phone bills, do what I did. Switch to Zoom Call's cloud business phone service. You'll pay the same low amount every month, no matter how many calls you have in the U.S. and Canada. And Zoom Calls has a really cool feature called voicemail drops. Whenever you reach someone's voicemail, just say hi in their name and then click a couple of buttons on your phone to leave your pre-recorded message. It saves both your voice and your time. Check out zoomcalls.com. That's zoomcalls.com. I think you'll love it. Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. Well, that is right. You are listening to the home of conservative, not bitter talk. And yes, I am your host, Todd Huff. Email Todd at ToddHuffShow.com, Facebook.com slash ToddHuffShow, should you want to watch the program, of course, live or on demand. A pleasure to be here. Thank you for listening Here we are. Here we are the week, the last full week, I should say, before Thanksgiving. And Thanksgiving comes late this year. Comes late this year, and we're moving headlong into the holiday season. Also headlong into the impeachment season, which we will talk about a little bit today as well. You know, the Democrats have moved. They've moved from, uh, well, what are we? we? We've been through... Uh, quid pro quo, which we're not through that yet, but but that's, of course, um, with this particular impeachment attempt, this impeachment hearing, we've got quid pro quo. We've got bribery, which uh, they'll maintain is the quid pro quo, but they like to make sure that they insert new words, allegations, and so forth here to to try to find something here, a way to to stop President Trump, because I have a news flash for the Democrats. President Trump is not going to have his uh, Richard Nixon moment here and resign in disgrace and walk out of the White House and, of course, have that moment boarding Marine One. That is not going to happen. That is not going to happen. So they continue. Now we're on to witness intimidation. We're on to witness intimidation. Now, I've, I've got some clips here today uh, from CBS. What's this show called? CBS. Uh, ba, 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 ba. Is this Face the Nation? Is that what this is? I don't even know anymore. Representative Mike Quigley, who um, the host here says is from Indiana. No, this, this guy is not from Indiana. He is from Illinois. And they're talking about a pattern of witness intimidation. So I'm going to play this, this soundbite. From the Illinois Democrat who says that Mr. Trump, of course, they say all sorts of things, right? It's hard to keep up with this. It's hard to keep all of this straight. It's hard to take much of this, much of this seriously. You know, something else I think, I think for those who are taking this seriously, the impeachment seriously, I think they've, they've failed to, I guess, acknowledge, recognize, account for how much damage how much damage the media the media has done for itself with 
conservatives like many of you, conservatives like me, over the past decades, we're not talking since even Trump became president, the the pattern, you talk about the pattern of abuse, <laughs> the pattern the pattern of journalistic malpractice, if you will. We've, we've been privy to this. We've seen this unfolding for some time. We've seen journalism effectively die. We've seen journalism effectively die. And journalism has become, uh, in a large respect, the national political media. It's become uh, the PR arm of the Democrat Party. That's how, that's how I see this. That's how many of you see this. They don't see many journalists. And no, this is not an attack on the First Amendment. It's actually, it's actually pointing out that the First Amendment has been abandoned by first the so-called journalists. And by the way, another news flash for the radical left. I can say this. I can say this and exercise my free speech, my viewpoint. I'm not trying to take down journalism. I'm not even trying to stop tough, tough questions of President Trump. Any president should have to answer tough, tough questions. This is so far beyond that. We are so far beyond that sort of, I don't know, this little, uh, you know, journalist holding truth to the power of a president. We we are to the point where, what is it, 94%, I think 92, 94% of coverage in the media of President Trump is, is negative. Now, the journalists will say, well, that's because everything to, that, that President Trump does is, of course, negative. And that, of course, is complete poppycock and nonsense. Utter, complete nonsense. It really is. And it's been this way since before he took office. And it's not just starting with Trump. I mean, we can go back. We can go back in time. You can see elements of this even back to the time that Reagan was president. This is not a new phenomenon. This is something that people like you, people like me, have seen, have paid attention to for some time. And so the more that they kind of amp this up, the more skeptical, I don't want to say the more skeptical, we, we just, our, our skepticism remains kind of consistent. Maybe, maybe we... Uh, maybe we ratchet up our responses, I guess, but it's – I don't think that they've really thoroughly accounted for how much damage their behavior, their dishonesty – and there's some good journalists, but there's not many folks. There are not many. The The art of journalism is is nowhere to be seen, metaphorically speaking, but in a large sense, nowhere to be seen – on the national stage. These folks have a have an agenda. They have a proverbial axe to grind. They have a side of the aisle that they uh, that they connect with, that they sympathize with, and they have a side of the aisle that they have disdain for. This I don't think that this is deniable. And you know, even even if that exists, even if they acknowledge that, because we know what is it? It's it's a large percentage. I remember back when I was in in college back 120 years ago that they uh, – I think I saw studies or polling or something that said that you know journalists vote Democrats, something like, something like 90 percent is, is what I had seen at the time. 90 percent I think was the number. And that's – look, that's fine to an extent so far as – so long as you can be objective. Now – you also might ask, why are the folks who are not voting Democrat, or the ones that are voting Republican, why are they not in 
the national journalist ranks? That's a fair question to me. It seems like a question that should be dealt with as well because we know that there's not 90% Democrat representation in this in this nation. But I think that the amount of damage that they've done to the average American person, the average American person is is truly remarkable. The average, let's say the average American conservative. So now we're moving on to this to face the nation interview, Congressman Mike Quigley, Democrat, member of the House Intelligence Committee, sitting down, sharing his latest accusations about against President Trump. Against President Trump. And I want to play this soundbite, this this exchange he has on the program uh, talking about the latest allegation, the latest allegation, which is witness intimidation. Okay, we're having a little bit of a issue here with this thing. But so let me recue this. So let me start as, as I'm as I'm recueing this. Let me start by taking us to the the tweet that President Trump sent out. This is, of course, this is the well. This is what they're saying is creates cause for witness intimidation. I want to read. I want to read the tweet here. I want to read the tweet. This is re- regarding uh, Marie Yovanovitch's testimony on Friday before the. Uh, the House committee seeking to impeach President Trump. Oh, even though they're not going to tell us that, Nancy Pelosi was telling us they haven't decided. <laughs> they haven't decided yet if they're going to vote to bring articles of impeachment on President Trump. Anyone want to take odds on that? <laughs> Anybody want to take odds that that's not where this is going? Anyway, the tweet that he sent on Friday as Maria Ivanovich was uh, was testifying. This is the tweet. Actually, there's two tweets. Trump uh, uses an ellipsis to continue his tweet because he can't fit his entire tweet into the number of characters provided. But here it is. Everywhere Marie Ivanovich went turned bad. She started off in Somalia. How did that go? Then fast forward to Ukraine, where the Ukrainian president spoke unfavorably about her in my second phone call with him. It is a U.S. president's absolute right to appoint ambassadors. They call it, quote, serving at the pleasure of the president, end quote. The U.S. now has a very strong and powerful foreign policy, much different than preceding, should be preceding, administrations. It is called, quite simply, America first, exclamation point. With all of that, however, I have done far, all caps, F-A-R, far more for Ukraine than O, meaning Obama. This is now what constitutes witness intimidation in the minds of the radical left. This is what they this is what they want you to think the president is out there doing. That that constitutes intimidation for the left. So with that kind of backdrop in place, I want you to listen to this exchange that Mike Quigley had on CBS what is this Face the Nation, I guess is what it is. This is his exchange. Making sure this baby works this time. Here we go. Committee and issues that you are handling. Um, the president tweeted uh, over the weekend about three of the diplomats who testified, and he suggested that they should be dismissed. He also tweeted during the hearing about Ambassador Yovanovitch. Do you see this as adding up to witness intimidation? When the hearing began, 
and Ambassador Yovanovitch began to testify, it, I thought there's no way the Republicans will go after this. If anything, they're going to try to diminish the notion that there was a smear campaign against her. And as she was testifying that she felt threatened by the president's remarks, which I understand, the president continues the smear campaign. Uh, I think when the president says he has a right to pull back ambassadors at any time they mm -hmm. serve at his will, uh, he does. that's absolutely true. But uh, he doesn't, that can't be part of a corrupt scheme. And I think that's what we saw here. The fact is, if the president disagrees with you or you don't cheer on the president of the United States, he comes after you, and the rule of law is left behind. But not necessarily witness intimidation. You're not going oh, there in terms of articles. No, it's, abs it's part of a pattern of witness intimidation. What did he say about Mr. Cohen, that he was a rat? He was talking like a, a mobster. What did he say about Mr. Manafort, that he was a good guy because he wasn't cooperating? That's witness intimidation. Uh, we now know from... A all right, there you go. Witness and uh, absolutely. He didn't say absolutely, but he started to say absolutely. Absolutely. Pattern. Pattern of witness intimidation. That's what we're dealing with here. Pattern of witness intimidation. Even though the president has the right to to, you know, determine who serves um in in his administration. She felt threatened. She felt threatened. Yovanovitch felt threatened for what? For um, because she wasn't doing something the way that the president wanted? That's the president's prerogative. I mean, it, it's truly baffling to watch this and listen to this and go through this and think that tax dollars are being spent for what we're witnessing here. Now we're on to witness. Intimidation. Witness intimidation. Crazy, crazy world that we live in. I've got to take a timeout. Got to take a timeout. When we get back, I'm going to continue talking about some of this impeachment stuff. We've got some sound bites from Nancy Pelosi um, as well, but I've got to take a timeout. You are listening to the home of conservative, not better talk. I am your host, Todd Huff. Back in, back in just a minute. So we're going to stay with we're going to stay with face the nation, but now we're going to look at listen to I guess listen to another another interview that they had with Nancy Pelosi, good old Nancy Pelosi making an appearance. By the way, you can't see this listening on radio or on the podcast, but I got to tell you, just watching this thing is very painful to me. It is it is a very unnatural sort of human interaction here that we're having with Nancy Pelosi the. One of the smartest women on planet Earth, one of the greatest speakers in the history of speakers of the House of Representatives. This whole thing's a little bit, uh, I don't know, just awkward, uh, uncomfortable, unnatural. Of course, I guess all of us would feel that way if the things that we were saying were the, the, similar to the things coming out of Nancy Pelosi's mouth here. But she's being... Asked by, about impeachment. She's being asked about the grounds of the context uh, for which the Democrats are going to seek to impeach the president or whether or not that they will. And Nancy Pelosi has some things to say about that. She also says that the president 
can well the president's welcome to come in uh, present his case present his case to the committee uh, regarding his innocence of course innocence of all impeachable offenses as though we're supposed to start with the premise that this is a designed to be a fair and equitable process trial if you will i know we're in the house side we're not in the senate side yet but you understand what i mean the whole process so with no further ado i want to pro- play this this exchange this uh, it's it's a couple minutes here but i think it's worth listening to what nancy pelosi is saying and then we uh then we'll discuss here you go that's a bad impeachment so the Constitution defines an impeachable offense as treason, bribery, or high crimes and misdemeanors. Yes. What do you think applies to this case? We are unfolding the facts. That's what an inquiry is about. You used the term bribery. Uh, yeah, I was translating from the Latin. That was in the context of e pluribus unum for many one. And so I said for many one, quid pro quo, bribery. Yeah, that's what that is. Mm-hmm. So, but do you expect that to be one of the articles? I have no idea. But there's not even a decision made to impeach the president. Mm-hmm. This is a finding of fact, unfolding of the truth, and then a decision will be made. And that is a decision that goes beyond me. Well, well you. Okay, I want to stop there. I want to continue this. I want to continue this in a moment. I know some of you don't like this, but I think it's. I mean, look, we have to unpack what, what's saying here. So we're supposed to first believe. She has no idea. I have no idea whether or not we're going to impeach the president of the United States. I just – I don't know. Um, you know that's what this, this whole fact-finding mission is about, she tells us. This is about getting to truth. This is about determining determining if they should in fact bring articles of impeachment against President Donald J. Trump. If you go back, and we've done this, and I I get a little bit tired of doing this, to be quite honest with you. I get a little bit annoyed at this, maybe. But this has been something that has been strategic since, I say, day zero. This has been a strategy of the left. Now, in her defense, uh, I don't – let me let me paint the full picture here. But in her defense, Nancy Pelosi has not been out there clamoring for impeachment like, say, the likes of Al Green, say, Maxine Waters, say, I don't know, Alexandria, Ocasio-Cortez, Rashida Tlaib, Nancy, Adam Schiff. Adam or Nancy Pelosi has not been out there doing that on a consistent, ongoing, long-time basis. Now, she's... She's certainly been saying things, attacking the president in such a way that would lead her to be in favor of impeachment. But Nancy Pelosi, Nancy Pelosi is one that actually had been holding up this entire impeachment process. You know, for many of the left, remember they they were having these closed door meetings. They were having these meetings and Nancy Pelosi was saying, we're not going to proceed with impeachment and they basically had a little bit of a i mean a, a moment where there's almost a coup these young democrat uh, freshman congresswomen or some of the other radical uh, radicals that were um well they're they're off the charts to the left 
they have wanted to impeach President Trump along with some other radicals in Congress for some time, some other uh, even lunatics in Congress. Remember, Al, Al Green voted, uh, w- was given the ability to introduce articles of impeachment in, uh, what was it, January of eight. I guess he's he, they've had votes on this before is the point. I think even Republicans allowed them to have one of the votes. And there's something like 58. 58 Democrats voted for impeachment long before we ever heard anything about Zelensky, long before we ever heard anything about Ukraine, long before any of that, long before we even heard anything about the final, uh, final Mueller report findings. So... The idea, the idea that some folks, even a majority of folks, have not gotten to the point to where they're ready to impeach this president is, is candidly a little bit laughable to me. It's a little bit laughable. It's disingenuous. It's insincere. They want you to believe this is about fairness. This is about political victories, folks. This is about, this is about trying to cause as much damage as possible. It's one of the reasons why they did their little dry run behind closed doors. Right, They did their little dry run, their mock trial, and it was a mock trial in lots of ways, more ways than one, behind closed doors. The first part of this, they tell us, oh, this is like a grand jury proceeding. <laughs> Meanwhile, Adam Schiff, Adam Schiff is running this, this process like a heavy-handed well, communist dictator, just the way that they handle things in the Politburo. That's what it looks like in many ways. We don't know the details because, candidly, we're not allowed to see. Now they've got it ready for showtime, they think. They've got it ready to go. And so President Trump's tweeting out about this, right, with Yovanovitch, her testimony on Friday. We played that clip last segment. They don't like that. That justifies, or I shouldn't say justifies, that qualifies. That qualifies as witness intimidation, You have the audacity to to tweet out, Mr. President, during the testimony of this witness, Marie Ivanovich, who said that she was intimidated by you. You were intimidating. That's really what we learned from that testimony. President Trump was intimidating. I guess that's probably now considered an impeachable offense. I guess if if you're not doing your job to the satisfaction of the President of the United States, if the President of the United States believes that you are, in fact, part of the problem. Maybe he's wrong. Maybe he's wrong, folks. Maybe he's completely misguided. All that stuff. Maybe. I'm not suggesting he is. But he can be wrong. But to say it's not his prerogative and he doesn't, he can't hold her accountable to some way, if, if she's not living up to meet the satisfaction of the president of the United States, then of course he can get rid of her. And then he tweets it. Oh, my gosh, he tweets it. Intimidation. Witness intimidation from a tweet that happened after a testimony was given that was not – look, I, I know the radical left is full of a bunch of pansies, folks, but if that's intimidating to them, I, I mean I, they, they, have, they have no hope for any sort of dissension whatsoever. And that's something else that Nancy Pelosi gets into here that uh, I want to get to, but I've got to get to that after – after the break, which we'll do that, but um, I want to pause and continue what she's talking about here during her interview with Face the Nation here in just a moment. 
Should mention here at this point that this program is brought to you in part by the good folks at Economy Heating, Air Conditioning, and Plumbing. Last week, it got bitterly cold, reminding us that it is, in fact, that time of year where furnaces matter in central Indiana. Furnaces matter. Having a nice, warm, comfortable environment inside your home is important, and your furnace is a obviously plays a very critical role in making that happen. So if you need to have your furnace looked at, inspected, making sure it's running uh, properly, efficiently, consider checking out the good folks at Economy Heating, Air Conditioning, and Plumbing. You can find out more information by visiting their website, economyheatingandair.com. That's economyheatingandair.com. You are listening to the home of conservative, not bitter talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back in just a minute. So, I want to continue this, um, playing this conversation, this interview Nancy Pelosi has uh, on Face Face the Nation here. Face the Nation. She continues, um, well, saying some things that really, I think, identifies a pretty large problem they have with just the idea of Republican opposition or viewpoints whatsoever whatsoever so here but, well, you point here's out more actually, of that right that vote has not taken place to proceed necessarily with impeachment but do you think you'll go through all of this and not vote to impeach the president that remains with the facts that the president has information that demonstrates his innocence in all of this which we haven't seen his friends transcript of a phone call is tucked away in a high, highly sensitive compartmentalized intelligence server, so we, we can't see that. If he has information uh, that is exculpatory, that means X, taking away culpable blame, uh, then we look forward to seeing it. You think Democrats have had a good week? Well, I think the American people have had a good week. I think truth has had a good week. I think patriotism has had a good week. And I think the Constitution has got a good week. I don't think the president has had a good week. Well, Republicans argue here. You was- know what? If we could just talk about what we want to do. I, I really have a real discomfort level of responding to what Republicans say uh, because they are in, in denial about what has happened in the country. So if you want to ask me about where we're going on this, mm-hmm. I'm happy to respond to that. Uh, but I, I, I find it a waste of my time and yours to just be talking about what Republicans say. Well, I, I want to just let you respond, though, to the argument that's being made in messaging by Republicans here, that no, the grounds for the impeachment... Let it stand. Let their argument stand, because it's on such quicksand that I don't even want to have it given any more visibility by my dignifying any of their misrepresentations of what they say. And I say that out of great respect for you, because I respect you as a great journalist, and I'm honored to have this interview with you. But I say to everybody else, I'm not here to talk about what they say, because they're not facing the reality of what is happening to our country. And this is about our democracy that is at risk with this president in the White House. So Chairman Schiff has said he learned of the whistleblower complaint September 9th. The aid was released days later, the military aid that's in question here. Do you see a connection there? Of course. The president wasn't going to release. The the Republicans like to say, if you want to talk about them, 
All right. Stop the nonsense here. So she doesn't want to talk about Republicans. I wanted to get that first part of that last response. And she doesn't want to talk about the Republicans, but her next response is the Republicans like to say. The Republicans like to say, folks, they do not want there to be any opposition to their nonsense. She she doesn't even want to respond, she says, to any questions about what Republicans say. Instead, instead she wants to uh, just you know not give any credence to their their nonsense it's beneath the dignity of nancy pelosi the dignity of speaker pelosi to actually even entertain what republicans are saying it's beneath the dignity of nancy pelosi to even answer any questions answer any questions about what republican talking points messaging as the anchor here dutifully throws in there to nancy pelosi look i'm trying to help you mrs pelosi speaker pelosi i'm trying to help you here i'm just i want you to respond to their messaging it's not serious i mean we both can agree on that she doesn't say that but that's kind of the feel the the response here of of a journalist nonetheless this is a journalist this is a journalist are behaving how they're i don't know i think how they're taught to behave in many many circumstances they assert themselves insert themselves into the into the story, into the narrative, make it about what they think and, and so forth. Instead of just asking the question here and making this uh, making this guest actually respond to the question, which seems like a reasonable thing to me. Instead, instead we have some nonsense, some nonsense like like what we saw on Friday, like this. Stefanik, you had a, a few quick questions for the ambassador. Yield to you, Ms. Stefanik. Thank you, Mr. Nunez. Ambassador Yovanovitch, thank you for being here today. The gentlewoman will suspend. What is the interruption for this time? It is our time. The gentlewoman will suspend. You're not recognized. Mr. Nunez, you are minority counsel. I just recognized. Under the House Resident 660, you are not allowed to yield time except to minority counsel. The ranking member yielded time to another member of Congress. That is not accurate. You're gagging the young lady from New York. Ambassador Yovanovitch, I want to thank you for being here today. gentlewoman will suspend. You're not recognized. This is the fifth time you have interrupted members of Congress, newly elected members of Congress. The woman will suspend. Uh, Mr. Chair, we, we control the time. Uh, it's been customary of this committee that whoever controls the time uh, can yield to whoever they wish. If we have members of Congress that have a few questions, it seems appropriate that we be able to let Ms. Stefanik uh, ask her question. Ms. Nunez, you or Minority Council recognized? All right. Mr. Cassier, you're recognized. I know Ms. All right. So we'll talk about what that was all about. But this happened during the, the hearing Friday with Marie, Marie uh, Ivanovich. And so I'll explain what that was about after after the break. We'll talk about House Resolution, uh, Resolution 660, impeachment proceeding and the rules and so forth. We'll talk about what happened here. Uh, but the shenanigans here, the shenanigans as to what's what's going on and how this process is being handled by both by both the media and the radical left is, of course, predictable, but also not uh, not in the best interest of getting to truth. Nancy Pelosi said this week was a victory for truth. I have a feeling Nancy Pelosi wouldn't know truth if it smacked her across the face with both hands. But I've got to take a time out. You're listening up. I don't know if that was intimidating. I'm sorry if that was considered intimidation. 
Gotta take a break. You're listening to the Home of Conservative, Not Better Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff. Back in just a minute. Welcome back. So before the break, before the break, we play a little bit, a little bit of what happened, uh, something else that happened during Friday's hearing. And this involved Chairman Adam Schiff and, of course, the Democrat from California. This involved Devin Nunez, Representative Devin Nunez, um, Republican from California, who is the senior ranking Republican member on this committee, even though he is, even though he is, of course, in the minority. And it also involves a representative by the name of Elise Stefanik. Elise Stefanik, she's on uh, the committee as well, but she is not the senior ranking minority member. She is just uh, one of the other Republicans sitting sitting on the committee. And so what's happening here is, if you've seen this or, I don't know, heard about this elsewhere, I want to give some context because context does, as it, turn out, as it turns out, matter here because there's two things happening. So Stefanik, Representative Stefanik, is actually um, – has been yielded time from the speaker – or not from the speaker, but from the, uh, the minority ranking member, which is Representative Nunez. And so that is by rule in – on this particular hearing, right? So they, they set the impeachment rules. Remember that vote they had a couple of – what was it? A couple of weeks ago. House Resolution 660, which basically gave them the green light to proceed with impeachment. It wasn't just, well, impeachment proceeding, the impeachment inquiry, not the actual articles of impeachment. That's the next step. That piece of, re- uh, that, that piece of legislation, that resolution, simply gave the rules for how this hearing would be conducted. It wasn't simply, do you want to investigate the president or not? Do you want to have an open Impeachment, impeachment inquiry or not. That was not the vote. The vote was the process. The vote was here's the rules. The vote was what is going to happen, how this is going to play out in this particular committee of the House of Representatives. And so within that, are there are rules. And in those rules, in those rules is, is set forth uh, the process. And so there is apparently... Apparently, so there, there's a period of questioning, and Republican and Democrat Congress people on the committee are both given five minute increments to answer or to ask their questions, and they go back and forth. But there's also a period of time every I forget how long, every so often, where it kind of goes back to a period of time where either uh, Representative Schiff or his, the Democrats' legal counsel, or Nunez and their legal counsel are the only ones that can have, that can actually uh, engage with the witness at that point. And this this occurred during that time. And so technically, technically Schiff is, is responsible, or is, is correct here. Now, I want to say all that in saying, so what? So what? I mean, these are the rules. I'm not saying they should be violated, but why are these why are these the rules that's the question see the democrats and the media and folks in you know the commentators and so forth will say 
Republicans are doing this to, to increase drama. They know that they can't do this. And that very well may be the case, right? That may be the case. But the bigger question is, why is this the rules? Why are these the rules? Why, why can this female, female representative not be allowed to question Marie Ivanovich? Why? I'll tell you part of it is because they don't want, they don't want a female uh, questioning Ivanovich. They don't want a female doing anything. They want you to think Republicans are a bunch of sexist Neanderthals. They don't even have females representing them, number one. But number two, the, the bigger why? Why? Why can she not why can she not do this? That seems to be the bigger question here. If Schiff was a Republican, by this point in time, they would have this guy branded as a sexist. They being the media and the radical leftists in the Democrat Party, those that are running that Democrat Party. They by this time would have successfully branded this guy as a complete sexist who had no interest in hearing a woman speak in his committee, ruling with an iron fist, effectively telling her metaphorically to get back into the kitchen. That's how this would be covered in the media. You know it, and I know it. And that is really the bigger question here, whether or not it's in the rules or not. Technically, Schiff is right, and I think it's important to point that out. But the bigger the bigger question is why, if the Ranking Republican wants to yield his time to that particular representative. Why can't he? That's the way that this stuff typically works, but not not in this particular case for some reason that I'm sure they have strategic uh, reasonings for furthering their cause as to why they set these rules in place. But I've got to stop and take a break. You're listening to the Home of Conservative, Not Bitter Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back in just a minute. Welcome back. Just uh, wrapping up here quickly um, as the program is quickly coming to an end here. But we yeah, – as we look at this impeachment process and all the, the moving components and parts and accusations and allegations and briberies and quid pro quos and now we've got witness intimidation, right? Trump's tweets are intimidating witnesses. Right? We get people's feelings getting hurt that are apparently now – justifying impeaching a sitting U.S. president, all this sort of stuff. You know, something else we didn't talk about yet was a comment that some anonymous, right, anonymous Republican, said it was a Republican, by the way, Republican senator or someone on the know, someone who's uh, connected to uh, maybe a Republican senator themselves or part of that party and, and just has connections, said that if Republicans would have uh, anonymous an anonymous vote on this in the Senate. Of course, they think that the, the president would be impeached, or at least they want to change the rules so that that can be actually the case, which is which is sad to think about what we've got here in this nation, and they want to go to secret ballots. I've got to go. Have a great day. SDG. See you tomorrow. Take care. 